Well, it's awesome to be here this morning as we continue our series. I've been really unwell the last couple of weeks, which um, is, a, is a good thing that I'll explain in a second. But I'm really powered by, by prayer today, and a, a lot of this family's been praying for me, and it's been really, really good. I had my first ever case of tonsillitis last week. Never had it before. Wouldn't wish it upon anyone. Hope I never get it again. Couldn't eat or drink for about seven days. Somehow I lost five kilos. I'm not sure from where, but uh, but the scales tell me that. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's I actually think it's really good because the the thing is today I really do not feel like preaching, and I have not for a couple of days. I've had prayer requests going out via SMS. Please pray for me. My I spoke at a, a combined youth event last night for about three minutes and lost my voice. And, uh, and, and I just realized that, that it's, it's such a powerful thing when you get into that place. In 2 Corinthians 12, it tells us that His grace is all that we need and, and His power is actually works best in our weakness. And you never realize that until you are in that moment of weakness and you realize how good it is to have God's power. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're continuing our series and this year we've been journeying together as a church on this theme of every day with, with Jesus. And, and personally, I, I've found it really good. I, I think it's really uh, such a great thing in church. You, you know what it's like if you've been in church for more than five minutes. You can come along to a Sunday gathering. When we get together, you can hear the message or the Word of God. And you can go home and by Monday, you're kind of wondering and trying to remember what we even spoke about in church. And so I think it's been fantastic this year so far to have those challenges that we're taking home every week. Those little things, those reminders that take a message that we're hearing on a Sunday, the things that we're learning and journeying together as a church family and actually have a practical thing every week to say, hey, this is how I can take the message that I've heard and actually work it into my everyday life to work with Jesus. And, uh, and that's the path that we've been on, that's the journey, because obviously that's what we're doing. A disciple is someone who is a follower, a pupil, a student of a teacher, meaning that as followers of Christ, we should be learning to be more like Him each and every day. Every day we should become more like Him in the way that we act, the way that we speak, the way that we do things, the way that we understand things. And, and that's why this, this theme for the year is so powerful. In our last series, we looked at the examples we learnt from the stories in our Bible of people who physically walked and lived with Jesus. So those, those men and those women who actually spent time with him during his time on earth. And in this series, we're looking at everyday power. I'm working through the beginning of the book of Acts, which was authored by Luke. And it tells the, if you're not aware, it tells the, the founding stories of the Christian church as it, and as its message spread through the Roman Empire. And uh, to begin with, quite a few weeks ago now, Steve talked about, does anyone remember? Power? Okay, good. Good start. He talked about having power, the power of God for declaration, demonstration, and dedication. Pam shared with us the power of the Word of God, of fellowship, and of prayer, I just shared that great message from Acts 3 and the healing of the lame man 
who was begging. If you remember the story of Peter and James and she shared, you know, are we, are we begging for spare change or are we looking for life change in the power of God? And last week Graham shared from Acts 4 and dropped this great little thought that I want to expand upon today and talk about. And he was talking, if you remember, about, uh, I think he referenced the city of Las Vegas in the middle of the desert with all its lights and its sounds and, and everything that it takes and, and how uh, I've never been there, but I've heard that, you know, it literally is in the middle of the desert and you kind of drive for hours of nothing and then see this monstrosity of light and sound. And he was talking about the amazement of how it takes power to make that happen. Without, without that power in the desert, then it's absolutely nothing. But I love the thought where he talked about how right down to the watch that we wear on our wrist, if you wear one, that it actually requires power as well to operate from the biggest thing to the smallest, most insignificant thing that we take for granted every day. It all takes power to operate. And I want us to think about a smartphone. Can I borrow your smartphone, Mel? smartphone, whether it's an iPhone or an Android, we're not going to get into that debate today. Not that there is even any need for a debate. Oh, you've got some Instagram updates. I'm not going to read them out. But you think about this device, like obviously a new thing in our culture. It's something that's evolving over the last few years. But, but when you consider how powerful this little block of glass and plastic and electronics is. You think of the things that you can do. At any moment, you can pick up this and communicate via video with someone in another part of the world. You can, uh, you can communicate via email and text message and you can run a business from a, from a smartphone if you want to. You can, uh, you can create high-definition media and broadcast it to millions of people around the world. You can post on Instagram, perhaps even during church, and get updates. No, she didn't. This looks good, but... Uh, you can complete financial transactions from this phone. You, businesses could send millions of dollars around the world in, in a minute with this, this little powerful device that we all carry with us and... And the, the thing I want us to think about this morning is that such a highly capable, powerful device that I can plug in and charge up every night. But have you ever considered that this thing is completely useless if it's turned off? No matter the power and the capability that this has, to do all those incredible things and to change the world and, and all that amazing stuff. It is completely useless if we leave it turned off. It merely serves as nothing but a paperweight or a fancy little thing to play with if you get bored. or It does nothing of its capability if we leave it turned off. It can be 100% charged up and full of power. But if we don't turn it on, then it is absolutely, completely useless for anything than just a paperweight on a desk. 
And I want to pose to us the same question today. We are highly capable, world-changing, incredibly good-looking devices. But if we are not turned on, if we are not powered up, then we are simply just a paperweight taking up a seat somewhere. You know, we talk about, uh, there's a great scripture in Ephesians 2 verse 10, and where's my wildfire people? We will know this, but we, we call it being reborn with a purpose. It says in Ephesians 2 verse 10 that we are God's masterpiece, that we were created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good work, so we can do the good works that he set apart for us to do so long ago. You see, that's the reality of our life, is that, that we are a masterpiece, just like that incredible device that we hold. And the reason that we were created anew in Christ Jesus was to do, so we can do the good things that he planned for us to do long ago. We have a purpose in our life. We have a reason that, that Christ has saved us. We have something that we need to do, good works that he planned for us long ago. But too often, I think, as followers of Christ, we can see salvation as a rival rather than salvation as activation. Too often we think, oh, we've made it to the point of salvation. Now it's time for me to be this fully capable, powered up device. And now I'm just going to sit without the power turned on. But this scripture tells us quite clearly that God's created us to be a masterpiece, that he has saved us to do something incredible, to be the life and world-changing device that he has created us to be. But the key word there is can. Created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. You ever in school and you put your hand up and I know we've got a lot of teachers here and it's like, miss, can I go to the toilet? And you get one of those teachers that goes, I'm sure you can go to the toilet, but it doesn't mean I give you permission to go to the toilet. You need to ask, may I go to the toilet? You know that? Well, that, that's what this, this word sticks out to me. I've read this scripture a hundred times. It's one of our, our key passages that we teach at Wildfire every single week about being people who are reborn with a purpose activated people, not people who see salvation as a rival. But it stuck out to me, so we can do the good things. You see, what Paul is trying to teach the church here and and to us as well is that we are these incredible masterpieces like these phones, but so often we're just sitting there, not powered up. But we can do the good things. It's our choice to be powered up. It's our choice to be activated, it's our choice to go forth and do the things that God has set us apart to do. Our salvation is never, was never intended to be our, our arrival, the end of the race, the end of the journey. It is the beginning. It was always intended to be activation in our life, to become active and use that power and capability that we have from walking every day with Jesus. And that's what we're looking at in Acts at the moment. And there's a few stories in Acts 5, and, and that's the chapter that we're up to when I get there. But I love this little passage that appears right between kind of the two 
the key stories in Acts chapter 5. And it starts in verse 12. And it says, the apostles heal many, is the heading. Verse 12, the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. You see, this is the outcome of that everyday life that has that everyday power of Jesus in us that says we are God's masterpiece, but we are going to not simply be a charged up device that sits turned off on a bedside table, but we are going to be activated Activated followers of Christ is what sees this kind of thing happen in the worlds that we live, where we see people healed, where we see people's lives changed, where we see people free from chains that hold them back. That happens when we as Christians decide to be the smartphone that gets turned on and activated rather than just the charged up powerful device that sits as a paperweight on our desk. But I love this thought that, said, that says in one of the verses towards the end that the news report spread to the villages outside of Jerusalem. Now, let's take our 2017 mind and pop it back into about 80 or 90 AD when, when this was occurring. You see, the good news spread to the villages, but, but how did it spread? I mean, there, there was no Instagram postings happening during church services to let everyone know in the villages what was happening. You know, no one was getting healed and, and taking a selfie and look, hashtag healed in Jerusalem, come join us. There was no Facebook event that people were inviting their friends to quick get to Jerusalem. There's a healing party happening. People weren't getting tagged in photos. Google News wasn't picking up the reports and sending it out. The church wasn't doing an SMS campaign to get the news out to the villages. It just tells us that the good news spread to all the villages and the people came in. You see, why do we need to have the power of God in our life? Well, we've talked about for many weeks the things that the advantages and the the strength of having the power of God in our everyday life. But I want to pose the thought today that an activated Christian, someone who is using the power of God in their life, then their life should announce the gospel everywhere they go. That's what having the power of God in our life should be. That when we walk the streets, when we go into the worlds that we're in, our workplaces, schools, universities, high schools, said that, TAFEs, sporting clubs, families, streets, anything that we are a part of, The power of God being activated in our life and actually turned on should be the thing that announces the gospel and announces the power of God into the world that we're in. You see, we as Christians don't need to have liked the right pages on Facebook to to announce the gospel. We don't have to comment on people's Facebook pages with a Christian worldview and start an argument to, to tick the box of announcing the gospel. 
We don't have to wear the t-shirts. We don't have to fill our Instagrams with inspirational Christian quotes, which there's nothing wrong with doing. But none of those things were ever intended to be what spreads the news, spreads the gospel, spreads the power of God to the world that we're in. It was always intended to be us. And the way that that happens is we become an activated Christian and our life just announces the power of God everywhere that we go. You see, when Peter walked the streets, it said that his shadow would, would pass over people and they would, they would encounter the power of God. They would be healed. Just a moment for a drink break. Oh. Sorry, the throat's going. But see, there's nothing supernatural about his shadow. It wasn't actually his shadow that did anything special. He wasn't doing shadow puppets of healing evangelists or anything and and causing people to be healed as he walked past. It was just a reference that as he walked past, his life was so full of the power of God. He was so activated in the power that his life simply passing people in the street just announced the gospel, just announced the power of God in everywhere that he went. People were healed. That's the life that we have the opportunity, the can do in our life if we want to, in taking the power of God with us every single day, being activated Christians whose life announces the power of God everywhere that we go. Not the t-shirts that we wear, not the stickers on our car, not the Bible we carry. You see, I want to share this, this thought that, We announce the presence and the power of God, not by how highlighted our Bible is, not by our impeccable Sunday church attendance, not by any of those things, but we announce the power of God and the message of the gospel at those times when we are at the supermarket and someone cuts in front of us for the line, or when we're driving and someone cuts in front of us. Or when we're standing on the sideline at our kid's soccer game. They're the times in our life when the gospel is announced as activated Christians full of the power of God. The life that we walk through our streets in our everyday ordinary life, like it talks about in Romans 12, that's the time when the power of God is most at work in our world by how we react, how we respond, how we face those things. I thought about a friend I had in high school. I was fortunate enough to have more than one. But this this particular friend, he was was a good friend and and he loved science. He loved um, studying things. We both did geology together in school, so we were both rock nerds. And uh, as I've said before, not the cool type, the ones that actually look at rocks. And, um, and so we would, we would talk a lot. He was so far into science fiction that I remember going to his house one day and he changed the light globe in his bedroom to green to make it feel more like the X-Files in his room. So he was an interesting guy. But we used to debate a lot about science and about evolution and about, you know, uh, things to do with rocks and how, in, how long they take to form and, and all these kind of, kind of things. 
And I realized after a couple of years, you know, we'd, we'd talk about them in school and we finished school, we'd, we'd still, we'd try and pose the question to each other to try and stump the other person. I'd find out something that I thought, this has got him. And he'd try and come back at me with something. And, and, um, and I realized two things about that. Number one, you can't ever twist anyone's arm into salvation. You can't convince them with words or with science or with facts. Because if you can convince them into the kingdom of God, then they can very easily be convinced out of the kingdom of God. It's only ever going to come through revelation and, and, and an encounter with God that's going to change someone's life. And the second thing I realized was the greatest problem that I had was not that I couldn't really win science arguments. It was that it became quite clear to me that during my school years, my life did not announce the power of God to my group of friends at school. There was not enough about my life. Now, I'm not admitting to being uh, someone who was completely different or deceptive and, and not, not behaving in a Christian manner to my friends at school. But those things didn't matter. He was obviously looking for something in my life that could explain and show an encounter with the power of God, but he never found that in the way that I lived, the way that I walked. And so instead, we had to debate the science of things. So I realize in maturity that I want to live my life in a way, and I aim to, that leaves a sting with people. And I want to explain that. But to me, this is how I feel, is, is, is how we announce the presence and the gospel of God in 2017 in how we go. And for me, I call it leaving a sting. Because a couple of years ago, I, I've had this conversation with a few people, but a couple of years ago, I was standing in a car park talking to a, an older man who was quite militant in his opposition towards God and therefore the church and, and therefore me. And he wanted to argue and, and look at different theories and, and he was a very hurt man by the church. He'd had some bad experiences in the past and they'd formed a worldview for him and, and he wanted to argue with me everything from Darwin to Dawkins and everyone in between and, and, uh, and, and all his facts that he had accumulated and all the thoughts that he had. And he was a very well educated man and he had, he had a really strong argument, really well researched. And I listened to him politely because I had learned, number one, you can't ever twist someone's arm into the kingdom of God. Facts and research isn't what gets people to an encounter with God. And secondly, it had to be my life. The announcement of the power and the gospel through my life that he saw Christ in, not anything that I said. So I politely waited out of respect and and then I said to him, and you've got to bear with me on this one because it's going to make sense in a second. But I said, if I was to lean over right now and slap you in the face, not because I wanted to, but because of anything that he said, but just out of a demonstration. But if I say, if I leant over now and slapped you in the face and stood back and act like nothing happened, we could spend the next hours, days, months debating whether it happened or not. We could come up with possible theories as to why your face was red. Perhaps it has been from the impact of my hand. Perhaps you just spent too much time in the sun today. 
We could survey the people around to see what they heard, what they thought, what the rumor mill had created. And we could support both sides of the argument. Your accusation, my defense, could both be well supported. Medical professionals could come in and examine your face. Smart people could come in and do their research. And we would be able to find evidence and support in both arguments. Both your accusation that I slapped you and my defense that nothing ever happened. We could spend all this time, months, researching it, looking into it, theorizing over it, twisting each other's arms to try and convince the other person. But at the whole time that we would be doing that, you would be standing there knowing full well that I slapped you in the face. Your face would be stinging because you know that I leant forward and with great respect slapped you in the face. And I said to him, I said, it doesn't matter what argument you bring to me. The case that you bring for evolution, the case that you bring from any scientist that's ever researched anything to do with this, the whole time that you have presenting these facts to me, I cannot help but stand here and know that my face stings from an encounter with God that no research, no opinion, and no fact is ever going to change. So you can't deny the times that I have encountered God. They're my personal times of encountering God. I've had the privilege to be in India and lay hands on a girl and pray for her and see her healed of hearing loss. I've had another incredible experience to be in Peru and pray for a girl in a group and see her healed of epilepsy. I've sat in my bedroom at home with no one around and cried out to God and felt peace and comfort and answers to questions. And no matter what fact, research, opinion you come up with, it is never going to change the times that God has slapped me in the face and left a sting on my face that he's real. See, the power of God in our life, the everyday walking with Jesus that brings the everyday power in our life, one of the greatest purposes that it can serve. When we become activated followers of Christ, when we become activated Christians, is to announce the gospel everywhere that we go by leaving a sting on people's face that no argument and no research can ever deny that they have encountered God because of our presence, walking past them in the street, standing with them in the workplace, standing on the sideline of the soccer game and behaving like a human parent. And that might look a little bit different to it to it did in Acts. Like, I know that we would all be in agreement in here that we would love to see this kind of outworking of miracles and the power of God in the streets that we walk. But I love the, what, what, the, uh, what the, the, the wise man Ian O'Day says is, actually I've forgotten it now. What, what, what do you say about not looking for, the, looking for the tidal wave and missing the waves? Is that it? Yeah, so stop looking for the whale, but look at what happens in the lives of the people. Stop waiting for the big thing to come. 
the Acts 5 verse 12 where people are being healed in the streets and start looking for what happens tomorrow when we as activated Christians head out of this place back into our world. That might be a praying for someone in our workplace. It might be waving at someone with a full hand when they cut you off in the street. It might be saying hello to a neighbor. It might be cooking a meal for someone. These are the small things that announce the power of God to the world that we live in. We don't have to wait as much as we want to see Acts 5 verse 12 happen in our community. Every day we can take a step to announce the power of God. And that's our challenge for this week as the host team come. As they run. Our challenge for this week, and if the band could come as well. If you haven't been with us so far in the, any of these series, every week we hand out a little card and it's that reminder that we take home to practically take what we're learning in church and journeying together as a family and take it home. Our challenge for this week is each day make a decision to activate the power of God in your everyday, ordinary life. And the easiest way that I'm going to think about this is when I unplug my phone every day from charging it. Because I have an iPhone, I have to charge it every day because it lasts about five minutes. I go plug it in every night and every morning when I unplug it, I'm going to remember that today I can either walk through my day with the power of God turned off in my life or I can walk around with it turned on with eyes to see and ears to hear for the opportunities that God will put in my pathway to announce His presence to the world that we live in. We're going to finish with uh, singing this, this rock anthem that we started with. <laughs> Sorry, but I love it. I say bring back the guitars. Bring back the 90s. But I, I just want to take this time at the end. And, uh, and I, know, I know traditionally in church we finish with a slow song and, and we have a, a quiet time of reflection. But, but I think this song fits really well into this with, with words like, nothing is going to hold me back. And let's face this week with that in our heart, that nothing can hold us back. No thing can hold us back from activating the power of God in our life, except for one thing, and that is ourselves. So if we make that declaration during this song, that this week we're not going to let no thing hold us back, we're going to be activated in our life. And I love this line that says, I'm alive to live for you. Ephesians 2 verse 10. We are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do incredible things that he set apart for each of us to do in the worlds that we live this week. Can we stand? And I'm going to pray before we sing. Lord, we thank you that we thank you that our salvation was not simply our arrival. We are forever grateful that Christ, you died for us, that you rose again, that you ascended to heaven so that we can live this glorious life that we have, but we thank you that you entrusted us with so much more 
than just being followers of you, but we are people who can carry your power. So Lord, as we go this week, I pray that for each and every one of us, you remind us every morning in some way to live an activated life of power, a life that announces your presence and your power in everywhere, every, everything that we do each and every day. So that as we go this week into our different worlds, that each one of us represents you, that we bring the power and that lives would be changed, not by our words or our actions, but by the way that people encounter you. We thank you, Lord. Amen.